Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wonderful. You can have your seats. It's great to be here. And I want to come back to that song. When we finish, it's all right. You can grab your seats now. But when we come back on it, there's something on that song. Don't you agree? Sometimes God just puts something on on, on a passage or a song and there's just you've got to tap into it if you want to go where God's got for you and uh, I want to take a few minutes tonight it's great to be here and I love being with our Harvey Bay family we feel like that I've uh, been seeing Pastor Ross and Pastor Mary since I was a little kid and uh, so it just feels like I'm up to mischief in dad's house so that's good that's good I might get a smack after tonight we'll see how we go I want to take a few minutes tonight to preach on new wine, sponsored by the RSL. No, 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 I'm kidding, kidding. New wine, the Bible talks about new wine. Let's go straight to the scripture, hey, and then let's dig in and see what God's got for us. Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. It says, then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. God, I just pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would just pour something fresh into our lives tonight. I just pray, Lord, that even as you've prepared our hearts and we've worshipped and, and drawn near to you tonight, Lord, I thank you that you are moving and God, your word is anointed and there is going to be a fresh outpouring in our lives tonight in Jesus' name. You see, the passage here actually gives two examples, doesn't it? And, and one is of new wine, yes, but the, the example before it is actually given of patching an old garment, you know, you know that, that piece of clothing that, that is like your favourite and, and you wear it so much that you get a hole in it. I've got some of those clothes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one that your wife or kids want you to throw out because they're embarrassed when you wear it, but you just refuse. It has too many memories, too much. There's something attached. It's become a favourite. I actually recently, in our latest clean out, hid a shirt that I've had for 24 years. I'm running out of corners of drawers to hide that thing because if my wife finds it, it's out. It's a sleeveless flannel. And it's ripped and torn and missing buttons. But that thing is lucky, I'm telling you. Not superstitious, but it is. It's an old garment. You know, Pastor Ross and I and Pastor Mary, we had a good laugh about our sense of fashion. I don't even know if this clothes works. I didn't get my wife's tick before I walked out the door. <laughs> Normally I do that. My seven-year-old son has better fashion than me. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm fashion retarded. <laughs> but here's the thing. 
It's talking about an, an unshrunk cloth and fixing a garment. And these two examples, they're two examples, but they actually, the point of each example is the opposite. Because in the sewing or in the patching illustration, there's an item of old clothing. And it's in order to repair the old piece of clothing, what they have to do is they have to get a new piece of cloth and they have to shrink it. I'd never noticed this until just recently. I felt God show me something that, that this is a powerful statement that in order to try and perpetuate the old things of God, in order to try and get the good old days again, we actually have to shrink ourselves. And that's not a good thing. That means we have to get smaller. We have to get limited. We have to get insular. There has to be less and a decrease in order to fit the old. Less faith. Less hearing from God. Less wisdom. Less soul saved. If we ever get stuck in this idea of trying to perpetuate the old, the only answer is you've got to get smaller to do it. But let's think about this. Let's, let's read what God's Word says about Him and His people and His kingdom and this idea of shrinking or getting smaller. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Matthew chapter 16. But I also say to you that you, Peter, and, uh, and the, uh, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. God does not like losing ground. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Let me tell you very clearly that God is not happy at all with the idea of his kingdom not being fruitful or taking territory. I believe that about the garment is actually a warning to stay away from the temptation to try and get back to the good old days. But there's another example. There's a second parable in there, and this one is the opposite. This is talking about the new, the new wine. And it takes, uh, the, and what it takes to be part of that new wine and what God wants to do that is fresh. And I suppose the, the question that comes out of that is what does it mean by new wine? I mean, what does new wine look like in the context of what God's talking about? Well, well we find this term new wine in three out of the four Gospels, in this exact same teaching each time. And we only find it one other time in the New Testament. We only find one other time is this word or this term, new wine use. And that is found in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We see the baptism of the Holy Ghost on people. And they begin to speak in tongues. And, and there's a move of God. And right in the middle of this great, new, fresh, exciting move of God, birth of the church, there were some spectators. And they looked on and they said of those involved, they're drunk on new wine. Whoa, I love that. It's no surprise that when God poured Himself out for a fresh new season in the world, that people looked out and it was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was ushering in a move of God. It was the birth of the church and people confused it with new wine because it was new wine. It was God's new wine. It was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's what God wanted to do in the new. 
See, God was doing a new thing. But here's the deal. God was pouring into new wineskins. You'll notice there wasn't many Pharisees and Sadducees in that group. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, they missed out because they weren't fresh and new. They couldn't handle the new things God wanted to do. And so God picked fishermen and tax collectors and zealots and rough nuts. God picked all the guys that broke the mold. And here's the thing. I, I want to be part of what God is doing new. Pastor Ross and I were talking today about there is a new move of God that is hitting our nation and beginning to flow. But let me tell you, if you try and go back to the old, you're going to have to shrink yourself. God's not into repeating the old. God is into pouring out new. And I, I tell you what, this is not an age thing. It's a spirit thing. This is not about an age. God is never, God's new is never age. It is spirit. But if God is going to do something new and there is a new season ahead, especially one that I'm not sure about, how do I prepare? How do you prepare for something that you don't know what it's going to be? How do I make sure that I am a new wineskin and I don't miss out? I think there are some things that we can look at tonight that I think will stir some faith in our hearts and then let's believe for God to pour new into our lives. And the first one, I think we need to be, if we're going to be a new wineskin, we need new expectation. Have you ever thought that something was going to be one way? However, in truth, it just was totally different to what you're expecting. I will never forget the birth of our firstborn son. Because I thought I had that sorted out. I was pretty confident. In fact, I was so confident. You know, those contractions and stuff, they begin to kick in and we had sort of everything sorted out and said, let's get in the car and we drove down. We did a Macca's run on the way because I knew we were probably in for a big night. So we got a feed of Macca's on the way, hit the drive through and we found the hospital and we hit the hospital and I, I was ready. I had a full pack. I literally had an Esky with a bunch of cold Cokes in there. I had Mars Bar Pods, one of the greatest creations ever to hit the planet. I had my favourite pack of chips. I even had a hunting magazine. I was like, yeah, we got this. I'm prepared. I am ready to go. But wow, did I have that mixed up. It turns out that birth isn't reading hunting magazines and snacking on your favourite food. It's a little bit different to what I expected. You know, one of the reasons that the Jews of Jesus' time, particularly the religious leaders, the reason they refused to believe in him was because he looked different to what they were expecting. He didn't look like they thought. You see, the Jews were living under Roman rule. And they were expecting that a saviour would come as a military general, that he would rise up and that he would crush the Romans. That's what they were expecting. And then you get this weird guy, this carpenter, a religious man. And he's from Nazareth of all places and he's teaching about peace and love. How's this guy going to do anything? Some people say this is the reason Judas betrayed him. Because he got on board only to realise this guy's basically a hippie. We're out of here. We're not going to win anything with this guy in charge. 
See, they were expecting God to do what He always did because that's what God did in the Bible. God would raise up a military leader. Read your Old Testament. Joshua, military leader. Gideon, military leader. Samson, military leader. David, military leader. And the list goes on. And so they just thought He would do it again. And so they were looking for a pattern. But God is bigger than our own patterns. And God had a bigger and a higher plan than that. Jesus would roll out a kingdom far bigger, far greater, far more powerful than any military one. But it was different. See, we've got to be prepared for God to do His will rather than our ideas. Too many people expect God moving today should look like it did when He moved last time. You know, we find another expectation problem, though, when Jesus went to do miracles in his hometown in Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 to 58. It says, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he came to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished. And they said, Where did this man get the the wisdom and these mighty works? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Josie, Simon and Judas and his sisters, aren't they all with us? And where then did he get all these things from? So they were offended at him. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because he was having a bad day. No. He didn't do many more works there because... God was short on miracle power. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say anything except for their own unbelief. Their lack of expectation limited their ability to experience and live in God's new wine for them. God had new wine for that whole village, but they missed out because their lack of expectation. Can I challenge you tonight? Do we expect new in this season? Do we expect to hear God's voice fresh and today? Do we expect to see God's miracle power flow through us? Or is it for another time and another person and another place? Do we expect to see miracles? Do we expect to grow and mature? Do we expect to get over that hurt and begin to flourish? Some people just expect to live in hurt all their days. No, no, that's not God's plan. God's plan is you get over that and you begin to flourish and grow. Do we expect to see God's blessing? Do we expect to see the church explode? Do we expect to work in God, walk in God's call and purpose? Because I'd put to every person here tonight that we will see of God's new wine in the seasons ahead exactly in line with what we expect. We need to be looking for where God is and what God is doing rather than telling Him what He should be doing. We need to lift our expectation, bigger expectation. Let's get rid of preconceived ideas. Let's get rid of limited thinking and let's expect more in the seasons to come. Let's believe God for more to come. Here's the second thing I think we need to open our lives to. If we're going to be part of seeing new wine of God flow into our lives and be a new wineskin is we need a new perspective. Need a new perspective. You see, one of the greatest items of clothing ever designed is literally pluggers. You say that in Victoria and they go, huh? They don't know what pluggers are. I'm trying to educate them, but it's a slow process. I love the thongs. They're just great. Like, honestly, I don't know why we have other clothes because if we have shorts and thongs and a cap, what more do you need in life? 
It's just, it's just the way God intended it. It's just that we're forced to wear other things as well. And maybe if you're like me, you've wandered around in a pair of thongs for a day. You get them on, you start wandering around, and you're just doing all sorts of stuff. Occasionally you walk through some dirt. Occasionally you walk over some gravel. You walk through some grass that's a little bit wet. And, you know, you're just plodding around through the day. And all day you're walking around. And then at the end of the day, you take your thongs off, and you notice they're pretty much black with two white stripes on them. They're filthy. And you just think, well, like, I didn't mean to, like, it's not like I went out and rubbed dirt on my feet. I was just doing my day. I was just walking around and it just seems like dust got on my feet. Things started to get a little bit dirty. And I think our perspective is like that. You just pick up stuff. We don't mean to. It's just the way that life works. It's just what happens. We, we have some people let us down and so we back off a little bit on our trust. We have some experiences that hurt us so we get a little bit defensive. Where we get disappointed, so we lower our expectation of what God can do. And we set a, a bit of a low bar so we're not disappointed again. Where we don't understand something that God allows in our life. And, and so we get a little lukewarm about the things of God. Where we give to someone and we're generous and they seem to waste it or not appreciate it. So then we get a little bit cynical and a bit bent out of shape. And we see some tough financial times. So we, we start to hold on a little tighter and, and, and all the dust just gradually accumulates in our perspective until we become a person who doesn't trust and is defensive and has low expectation, is lukewarm about God and cynical and, and tight-fisted. And then we wonder why we can't get the new wine of God filling in our spirit. Because we've allowed the dust of life to gather and clutter our spirit. And that's why I said we need a new perspective. What we need is a higher perspective. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What are the things that we've picked up in our life that need to be surrendered or changed in order to get ready for the new? See, if we go back to Peter, it's interesting. Peter is spoken to about God. Matthew chapter 16. He says, and also I say to you, Peter, on this rock, and Peter was one of the guys that carried the new wine to, to the generations. He, he, he was a carrier of God's new. And he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And this is loaded, this scripture, because Peter was part of the new breed of God's called people. Peter was one of the new ones. Like I said, he wasn't a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He didn't have the training those guys had. He wasn't schooled in all the religious ways and all the things. But do you notice that God takes someone, he, he takes a fisherman way outside of the mold because he wanted to do a new thing. And these guys that were trained and, and shaped and done, they, they, they were expecting the wrong thing. They had the wrong perspective. And so God had to get someone brand new. But if you go just five verses later, you see Jesus turn around and say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh, I mean, one minute he's like, you're a champion. Then he's like, get behind me, Satan. You think Pastor Ross is rough. You wait. He might start turning around and calling you the devil one day. Don't get upset. Go, all right. I'm just kidding, all right. It's all right. I'm just, just stirring you, you know. We love the apostles until they lead us. My mistake. Here's the thing. Jesus had big plans for Peter. 
But there was a problem with Peter. He had an old perspective. Not an old perspective. He had a selfish perspective. Because when Jesus says, I'm going to the cross, he says, no, no, no. No, no, you can't do that. What's Peter worried about? He's worried about how it's going to affect him, how it's going to affect the disciples. He's, he's worried about the here and now. He's worried about his little disciple plan. And Jesus has to say, no, 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 no. You've got to get a bigger plan, mate. You've got to get a new perspective. You've got to know what God is doing in the heavens and in the new. Stop looking at your little thinking brain and trying to figure out what God is doing. You need a new and bigger perspective. And so Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. He addresses that perspective with the most aggressive of terms. Can I encourage you, don't get upset if God, up, don't get upset if God rocks your apple cart. Because that's what he does when he, when, he, when he puts his hand on you for the new. He will stir stuff and poke stuff and you'll be uncomfortable and irritated and why and want questions and not understand. That's God preparing you for the new. It's a good thing when you get frustrated and worked up and God has his hand in and on your life. Here's the next one, new flexibility. You see, the problem with old wineskins is they, they, they can't flex to embrace what God wants to pour in. There's a dark skeleton in my past. I was uh, at one stage convinced, due to some bad back problems, to go to a session that my wife went to at the gym. It was called Body Balance. Yeah, now I've done some varied exercises in my life. I've done some intense exercises in my life. Let me tell you, this was an experience. You know, I, I didn't want to go at all, and she, but she convinced me, okay? So I've surrendered any pride that I once had. And I've decided I would go in. And so, you know, in my head, I'm like, right, I just need to sneak in and sit up the back and then do all the exercise and get out of there before anyone sees me in body balance. So, so I, I approach the class and, 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 I, and I go to sneak in. The problem is there is no space at the back. There's only one space and it's right up the front. And so I have to weave my way through yoga pants and sports bras all the way to the front and roll out a mat. I felt like I should have a man bun. And I start having to do this. And I'm telling you, those were positions that a man should just not be ever put in. You shouldn't have to try and flex like that. It's not natural. It's certainly not godly. And I'm trying to move and flex. And I'm telling you, this yoga instructor is looking at me going, what? the body balance, sorry, is looking at me thinking, what is that guy doing in here? And I'm, I'm watching him do all these moves and I'm trying and everyone's going, what's that guy doing in here? I tell you, it was humiliating. The best part of the whole class was they do this thing at the end called relax. I just fell asleep. You lie down on a mat and crash out. They call it exercise. I like that part. That was brilliant. The problem was trying to flex when I just wasn't that flexible. It was a, it was a really intimidating time. I only ever did that once, I can tell you. Here's the thing. One of the, the things that we notice about this passage in Matthew actually is the verses that surround it. 
Yeah, if you look at this passage in Matthew, there's verses 1 to 8 that come before it and verses 9 to 16 that come after it. And let me show you what they are. Verses 1 to 8, Jesus comes in and he forgives someone's sin and all of a sudden there is, what What do you think you're doing? The religious leaders and the Pharisees, are, how can you forgive sin? You can't forgive sin. What's this guy think he's doing? That's right before it. Then you have the the quote about the new wineskins and then straight after it, Jesus goes out and has a feed with some people that are very unlike the religious leaders and they accuse him of eating and drinking with sinners and being a friend of drunkards. But, But I love this because I reckon Jesus is making a point. I think Jesus is deliberate with what he puts either side because Jesus is saying, I'm more concerned with that a man be forgiven his sins than your religious pharisaical ideas. And then afterwards, he was more concerned about a person finding freedom than their rules. He was more concerned with reaching sinners than excluding sinners. See, they were so stuck in routine and ritual to the point that they could not see what the Son of God was doing that was brand new in their world on that day. I call that religion. A blindness, an inflexibility, an inability to move with what God is doing. And I'm sure that it would never be in this church. No one would ever get upset unless if someone took your seat. But that could happen if the new wine is pouring out and people are getting saved. People might lose your seat. God might call us to lift our giving. Can we flex with that? You want to reach more people, you need more money. Maybe, maybe God might require some of us to move into leading and discipling those that are getting saved. Hey, can we flex with that? Can we flex with that? We might need to take some steps of faith and build a new church, a new building like you're looking at. Can we flex with that church? Are we happy with the old or can we flex to make space for what God wants to do? Maybe we might even need to start some some new ways, some fresh ways of reaching lost people. Can we flex with that? Can we break out of the mold and think there's new ways to reach Harvey Bay and the broken and the lost? We, we might need some fresh praise and worship to reach a generation. Can we flex with that? Or will it be too loud and too modern? Can we flex with that? As individuals, God might ask us to reach out to someone that we w- normally wouldn't. Can we flex with that? Can we reach out of our comfort zone? Can we flex with that? We might be challenged to to engage in more prayer and read the Word a bit more. Can we stretch with it? Have we got room to move with that? We might need new levels of maturity. You know what? When God comes in like a flood, people are intended to, to grow and to mature. Can we flex with that? We might need to invest in some better, healthier, maybe more godly relationships. Can we flex with that? I want to challenge you tonight. Let's be ready to flex with what God wants to do new in our life. Expectation. New expectation. New perspective. New flexibility. Maybe if the team could come up and join me, that would be great. Because I I just feel like God is literally just digging up the dirt because He wants to pour some new stuff in tonight. He wants to get a river flowing, but he had to to do a bit of digging. He had to get you right so that when He pours it out, you can receive what He's got for you. And I've got one last one, but I won't take too long. And that's new commitments. You want to see a new pouring, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it takes new commitments. Have you ever lined up maybe with your kids or something and 
You've bought them an ice cream. You're lined up for like half an hour to get there. You finally get there and you buy them an ice cream and then they take two licks and they lick it off. And it falls all over the ground. You look back up and there's the line twice as long again. And you're just like, great. Well, that was a waste of five bucks. Or maybe you've had a drink and someone bumps you and, and you, you lose all your drink and all of a sudden everything you've, you, you were just counting on to refresh you is just gone all over the ground. You know, God's not into us spilling his new wine. He says there, I'm not going to pour into old wine sins because what will happen is it'll burst and the wine will go all over the ground and it'll be wasted. And there are cases where in the past where there's been waves of God's spirit and God's presence, there's a sense of revival and the wave comes and the wave goes and there's nothing left to show for it. A move of God happens and then the church is the same in three years. What is going on? Because let me tell you, if you don't build containers, the wine will be wasted. What's a container? Well, I do a whole message on that out of 1 Kings, and I don't have time for that tonight, so let me be brief. Containers are the things that we change in our life, not to contain God and limit Him, but instead to carry Him. I spoke a little on this last night to the young people saying you've got to build containers in your life. But, but what things do we have in our life that are going to help us carry what God wants us to do? I'm talking about decisions, convictions, habits, lifestyles. That mean when God pours His Spirit, we can carry it into our family. We can carry it into our workplace. We can carry it into the future. We can carry it into new levels of influence in our, com- in our community containers of wisdom so that we understand and we learn and we grow you know God will set you free down here on the altar but then he requires you to grow in wisdom to learn to live in that freedom don't waste the wine that he pours out containers of prayer and communion with God here's what I felt the Holy Spirit say when we were singing that song what's it called here again and it says meet me in this place will you meet me in this place I felt the Holy Spirit say there's people here and you haven't been to that place for too long it's been too long since you've had that place and I was looking down actually at the carpet right here and it felt like God said there are people here tonight and once upon a time you, you would have cried out for God on the altar but it's been too long since you visited the place you're standing in your seat saying, will, in your seat saying, will you meet me in this place? And God's saying, yeah, I'll meet you, but you've got to go there again. You've got to get hungry. You've got to get thirsty. You've got to go to the place again. I can only meet you when we go there. Will you build a container of a place where you engage with the presence of God? Containers of study and growth in God's Word. If this sermon is all of God's Word that you get this week, you're going to die of spiritual anemia. You need to press into the Word of God. Read it for yourself. Get the Word. Get revelation from God. Rema words in your life. Containers of leadership so that we can lead others into God's new. Lead our family. Lead our kids. Lead our friends. God pours out anointing so that you can take it and step into what He's got. And there are people that are hungry to be led and they need to be led by empowered, new wine-carrying Christians that move in the power of God. Containers of praise and worship, containers of church and fellowship, containers of giving and generosity. We're going to be carries. God is not going to pour His new wine out if it's simply going to pour out on the ground. 
And it is our response. God will pour the new wine out, but you'll notice it's our responsibility to be able to receive it. Our responsibility to be the wineskin. Jesus doesn't say, I will make you a new wineskin. That's our job. Because He won't pour into the ground. He will only pour into containers and wineskins. And we need to make the decisions and to make the, to use wisdom and maturity to grow into what God has for us. Here's what I'd love to do. There was just such a touch of heaven here tonight. I feel... And God impressed this on my heart. I clearly, I just sense, all right, God, you got something new to pour into people's lives tonight. Some of you need to go to that place again. And tonight's the first time for a long time. God's calling you to go there and He'll meet you again. God will meet you here again. Come on, are you hungry for Him tonight? Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basarchristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basar Christian Church.